Well, hello and welcome back again to the fellow cast. And surprise, surprise, we have a Ask the Pastors episode that we are throwing into the mix for a change of pace um, awesome. this time around. And I'm excited to share this this time with Garth again. And let me just jump straight into the question and, and then you can kick us off and, and answer the, the, big, the big question. So the big question is, where do the dinosaurs fit into the whole story of creation? Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff around that question, isn't it? Um, I think all of us have been in a discussion like that. So part of that discussion is evolution. Mm. What do we believe about it? Uh, if God used it, how did it fit into the creation plan? It asks the question, um, is there six days of creation mm. with then the day of rest that follows? Um, how do we read that? Is there enough space for that? It also asks the question, if you look later to the flood, uh, where's the dinosaurs? Are they... Are they on the boat or not? Yes. You know, are they destroyed by the flood? Is there enough space on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually so many different things hanging on it. And then the biggest one, I think, of all, because it changes the way that we look at ourselves as made in the image of God. Um, if we have dinosaurs, what about those prehistoric people mm. that um, science would also say they're part of the mix of making us from apes into humans? Mm. Um, where does all this fit? So let's start with the obvious. The first thing is there are skeletons, yeah. all right? Um, and for some people, they feel like the white elephant in the, in the Christian room because they're there. You can't deny them, but how do we explain, explain them, them yes. all right? So that's the first thing. The second thing, um, we start off from the premise, I'm a child of the living God, and I believe God is my creator. Mm. So Christians would say that. God created us, mm. all right? Uh, they would also affirm the fact that I'm created in the image of God. So if we read through that first part of the book, um, we see God as part of the creation plan. But then we have Christians that look at creation plan in different ways. Mm. Um, and right from the start, uh, part of that is how much license do I give myself to free up the literal reading of Scripture? Yeah. Um, and that will determine how much I can do with my creation theory, mm. all right? Yeah. Um, so basically, I think there's actually a table that we can that we can pull out. We're sitting with one in front of us. It's just a basic table with mm. four Christian views and then the naturalism view. So I think we'll put this picture out somehow to the people. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so that you can look at it while we while we're actually speaking about. So if you would look at a column, uh, there's on the one hand, there is what we call theism. Uh, in my view of creation. In other words, God created the world and everything in it, all right? And there's basically four different views. In very broad, there's four different views uh, under that. On the opposite side of that, there's another column, and that is called naturalism. Yeah. Naturalism just says there was no God that designed or created the earth. So we won't even discuss that column today mm. because that's not where we fit in right we believe that god created the heavens and the earth and everything in it so under that column of theism then um your first one would be what most people will call recent creation or young earth theory yeah and there's wonderful resources to actually go and find that view um on the internet um one particular ministry that has just for many years um, punted this view uh, very well 
is uh, Answers in Genesis. Have mm. you ever checked them out, Baldi? I've heard about it, but mm. I've never really read anything into their yeah. stuff. So their view is absolutely young earth theory, recent creation. Mm. And basically what it comes down to is they read Genesis literal, literally. Yeah. Right from the word go, on the first day God created this and then that and then that. And it was 24-hour days, mm. um, nothing about it. So they're not disturbed by the fact that the people got to live 900 and something years, all of those things. They say nothing is that a, of that is a problem yeah. in reading the creation story as is, which means when they come to the story of the ark, they see dinosaurs on the ark, yeah. all right? And either the dinosaurs are flooded, and then because of that, they'll say that's how the fossils happened all of that loads of pressures of water for so many kilometers up have pressed down on things that were caught in a flood in mud and that created a fossil um, that we now dig up and if they ask the question how do you fit them onto the ark i mean those guys are pretty big yeah <laughs> they'd say you can take an egg on the ark or you can take a, a baby on the ark yes. you don't have to take a mature animal yeah and that leaves more than enough space mm. Uh, but we've had this chat before, Baldwin. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you look at the ark, it needs a miracle for people and yes. animals to uh, survive on that thing for a hundred, for one year and 10 days. Yeah. Food-wise, resource-wise, no matter how you do it, yeah. you need a miracle. Exactly. So we have to make peace with that. Mm. Uh, then the second one from there would be what is called gap theory. So... That's basically, if you read the first lines in the book of Genesis, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And that was then the first day. Mm. So what gap theory says is, wait, we have an earth covered with water to begin with. There's no stars. There's nothing else in space. Um, there's no atmosphere around the earth there's no dry ground or anything of that but there is an earth yeah. in other words the creation story in genesis kicks off with an earth that is flooded mm. and then comes the new creation and the era that we are in yeah. and it ends in the book of revelations at the end again with the heavens being rolled up like a scroll um, and the sky is shaken and the star comes down as part of judgment and all of that and then the earth is destroyed by fire and then the new Jerusalem comes down onto the earth again, mm. which means the stuff on the earth is destroyed, not by flood, like it seems before the Genesis story kicks off, but it's destroyed by fire, mm. cleansed, and then we repopulate the earth in the book of Revelation. So what gap theory says is, wait, there's different ages of the earth. The earth, yeah. So they would see... The dinosaurs under those waters, right at the beginning. Before Genesis 1. Yes, out of a previous creation mm. story, if you want to say it that way. Um, which is not a problem for them because God is eternal and God has always been there. So what did God do before he created us? Good question. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't want to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he wasn't bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did the kind of stuff that he does now. Yeah. Um, he was still creator God back then. Yes, all right. So that's gap theory. And um, that allows then for the reading of the rest of the story for a six-day creation. And it's just this open scope at the front end of it to say, oh, whatever we cannot describe in this creation, 
maybe it was under the water back there. Mm. And it explains stuff in science like um, the ages, the, the age of rocks. Yeah. How can it be that they can say it's millions of years old or those kind of things? Well, the Earth as we know it now is only now popular. So that's gap theory. Yeah. You got it. Yes. Yeah. Following. You must throw in here, Valdu. No, I'm yeah. I'm enjoying to listening to you because I I I'm happy to to acknowledge that you know more about this than I do. So well, I've I've been in this conversation before. Many times, <laughs> I know. And I'm sure many of us have, yeah. And then there's the third one, progressive creation mm. or basically the fossil gaps. So um, in the fossil record, there's always gaps, there's jumps. It's impossible for scientists at this age to say, oh, look, that was the original uh, dog, which then went over to a this, to a this. To well, with dogs, it's maybe easy because we interbreed them. Yeah. But that was that first thing that crept out of the water, and then suddenly here he's got feet, no longer fins. Mm -hmm. And then from the feet, it glows legs, and then it's a giraffe or whatever. Um, there's no gap. Uh, there's no continual record of mm. evolution. Yeah. Um, One species changing into another. Yes. You don't yeah. see that. Yeah. There we go. So progressive creation then says God is the God of the gaps. That's the nice line that they use. They say, um, so God comes and he creates this kind of creature. It evolves, it evolves, evolves, and then he gives it a, a jump to a next kind of species. It evolves, it evolves, and then it's a jump. Um, so just as soon as the word evolution comes in, just as a Christian, let's just recognize how we use it different mm. in yeah. Christian circles. Because the um, it's not saying that, oh, oh sorry, there's macro and what's the other one? Micro. Opposite? Micro creation, all right? So most Christians are happy with micro creation. Micro evolution. Um, macro evolution, sorry, yeah. man. We, we don't use our wisdom teeth anymore, so it generally gets pulled out. Mm. All right, well, how is that? Did our diet change? Why did we adapt? Um, those kind of things. So say for instance, like skin color in certain yeah. parts of the world, um, people have darker skin. Is it an adaptation to the area around? It would seem. Mm. In other words, that's micro. It's not a species change. No. But uh, then we get to the fourth view, evolutionary creation. Mm -hmm. And they believe in macro evolution. Yeah. Uh, they believe that God is the God of the laws. He put laws in place like gravity and uh, many other natural laws, and then he left creation to evolve into what it is today. So uh, progressive creation has a much shorter timeline than evolutionary creation, mm. because God can bridge the gaps in evolution from one species to another. Evolutionary creation believes God created using evolution, um, and they would say we need those millions of millions of years because evolution needs its time hmm. to do its work. Where, where do you sit in this, Valdi? Well, I, I think I would go for the first one, the rec recent creation. Okay. Um, I think, but I'm, I'm also comfortable with the fact that, you know, God can, the microevolution side of things, yes. you know, that the adaptations, because uh, it's what's an intelligent design. You know, I think I think that's probably I'm not using the right word necessarily, but like I said, I don't know as much. But your body can adapt to certain. Yes. If if you want to train for a, a marathon um, in the snow and you go up a cold mountain up and down, your body starts to 
to generate more red blood cells yeah. and your oxygen intake changes. That's that's a, a, a micro evolution, I would yeah. say, of your organs. Yes, and if you stay there for a couple of years, your organs will start yeah, working. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And so so definitely those things, I think God God's able to put those kind of mechanisms in place in bodies and, and the same with animals. Yeah. Um, I think a dog would probably be the easiest one to look at. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's say the first dog is a wolf and then all other dogs are bred from that. Yeah. But a husky works better in Alaska and in the North Pole than it does in Malkbos. Yeah. I have husky. <laughs> it doesn't enjoy the heat as yeah. much. Uh, recent creation theory will actually those uh, say, guys like Ken Ham, if you listen to their yes. talks, they would say, that instead of evolution, they recognize devolution in the earth. Mm. Um, because of sin, uh, things are actually degrading um, instead of increasing. So they, when they look at the people created by God in the book of Genesis, they'd say um, Adam was a much better species of human yeah. than us. And over the years, sin have had its way, and we become weaker and weaker yeah. and less able to do things. Um, and instead of 900 years of life, you have 90 Yes, yeah, and uh, in contrast to general view nowadays in the world, um, there's a pride in us evolution, what e evolving, mm. um, and normally we'll look at things like um, uh, science and technology and say, "See, we're going forward," mm. um, but it, it's just the glasses through which you look yeah. at these things, yeah. um, and that's maybe one of the big things that we have to pull out of this to say, pick your theory, but notice what it does with your view of scripture mm. and with your view of God. Mm. If we have a, uh, like a naturalism view that says things have just evolved, then we never give God glory. No. We don't look at the, the magnificence of how things adapt and glorify and worship him. Mm. So as long as we keep in mind, he is God over us. And the, the glasses through which I look at the earth must glorify him. Hmm. I must recognize the beauty of God in what he has created, no matter how I see how he created it. So let's maybe look at um, the what it does to my reading of scripture. Hmm. That's quite important. So recent creation makes my reading of the scripture very literal. So I don't leave myself any license to try and play around between phrases and make it fit. So normally we'll hear in a conversation like that, that quote out of Peter that says um, that for the Lord, one day is like a thousand and uh, the opposite around. Yeah. Now we give ourselves incredible license to quote that scripture into creation story. All right. We also give ourselves the license to say, well, for the rest of the Bible, a day is a day. But it fits me here in yeah. creation to speak it as, as a thousand years. We have to keep in mind a thousand years doesn't help me to allow God to create the earth evolutionary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. way too short, even for pro progressive creation. You yeah. know, a thousand years is not worth much. That's true. Um, but uh, so recent creation and gap theory will punt the fact and say you have to read scripture literally. Mm. You cannot fool around with it and mm. make it fit my view no theory, so no. it's much more restrictive so we punt the f uh, the thing down to say you ha read it in context yeah that's important so first take the passage and read it in context to what it is speaking so in 2 peter then it's 3 from a from verse 8 to 9 when peter says uh, but do not forget this one thing dear friends with the lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day the lord is not slow in keeping his promises 
the context in which he speaks is it's a church that is under um, incredible oppression and they're being hunted down by the Romans at that time and he's encouraging them and they're saying, but wait, God made promises. Why don't we see the promises coming out? Mm. God says um, we're going to reign and rule with him for all eternity. You know, why isn't it happening? And then he says, hey, don't forget. Mm. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. He's not trying to speak about creation. It's got nothing to do yeah. with creation. He's just saying we serve an eternal God and he will be on time with mm. fulfilling his promises. So I don't, I don't read that into creation. Yeah, no. it's, and it's dangerous in many ways because yeah. where else do you apply that? Yes. Yeah. How, how long was Jesus on the cross? Yeah. You know, all of those silly things that we can throw in. Uh, it's not convenient for me to quote it there, so then I don't. Yeah. And here suddenly it is. <laughs> um, yeah. And really, just to say that in our own church, I have friends who hold to a different view of creation mm. than I do. But we continue to be friends. We continue to serve the Lord together. So also with that, don't allow these kind of conversations to break relationships in the church apart. Yeah. All right? Um, all of, I believe what I believe because I want to believe it. I have to give you uh, the freedom to do the same mm. as long as we hold to the basics of the Gospels of yes. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This God who created the heavens and the earth came and died for me and for you. Yeah. 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 Mm. What about the things on the ark then? What do we throw in there? Mm. Well, I think one of the questions would then be that that you said you touched on it. How would the old dinosaur were they on the ark? Were they not on the ark? Mm. Uh, or, or you know, if and if they were, how did that work? Yes. And and do you, are you actually able to put an egg somewhere without its parents? There we go. You know. Yeah. yeah well, you can in an incubator, I suppose. Yeah, if you if you're willing to make a fire on the ark, yeah, <laughs> or put an elephant on on the eggs or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, the only part in scripture where we either, uh, apart from the fact that a dragon in me is mentioned in Revelation and yeah. all of that, and we see it in in many religions in the world, you know, um, uh, China especially, and Japanese, the dragon, they love yeah. their dragons and things. Um, and then in the book of Job, suddenly a, j a dragon jumps out. Mm. You know, um, what chapter is it there? And the behemoth. Yeah, the behemoth and the Leviathan. Yeah. I think it's in 4041, isn't it? Um, and the script description of those two cre creatures is unlike anything we've got on the earth yeah. today. Yeah. Um, s I've read a translation. I think it's one of the Afrikaans translations. says instead of a behemoth, it says a siakui. Okay. A hippopotamus. Yeah. But it says this thing has a tail like a cedar beam. Yeah. That's one weird looking thing. Doesn't line up with a hippo, hippo, yeah. Yeah. And he's not as fierce and as strong as described. His legs are like tree stumps, you mm. know. That's not a quite a hippo. Mm. So um, th those two creatures are one of those that we'll look at and say, wow, the one breathes fire. Comes out of his nostrils, mm. you know. He's got a belly with scales and where he walks it's... Um, it's like plows on yeah. the earth. It's a massive, fearsome thing. Yeah. And he's quoted several times in Scripture by the prophets to say God took the Leviathan out of the water and he destroyed him and fed him to the creatures on the earth. It's in the Psalms also. Yes. Um, so I would say, listen, it seems to me when I read Scripture in Job, which is one of the earliest books uh, time-wise yes. in, the, in the Bible, it seems like he saw dinosaurs walking mm. around. Mm. Um, 
so what particular kind i don't know but yeah. listen they seem to be fierce creatures yeah yeah and then are they on the ark i believe yes those two needed to be yeah. because it's after the flood mm. uh, job lives after the flood um so yeah it's I think something that you're touching on there is something that we shouldn't forget when it comes to interpreting scripture as well is the just basic logic. Mm. Like you've just walked through it logically to go understand where this fits in, in the chrono chronological kind of timeline of scripture. And that opens up a whole new way of thinking about it because just the way you mentioned it there makes mm. sense that, well, if those two... I mean, it's not like a seed from a plant that floats around in the air and then lands somewhere and sprouts up there and they had yeah. to actually intentionally be put on the ark for those animals to be alive after or they were sea animals that lived in the ocean they could have done that like a whale or a dolphin yeah. so it seems like they come out of the ocean yeah. so that might be another ex explanation mm -hmm. but what i'm trying to say is i think remember to keep your brain switched on there when go. you read these things <laughs> don't just assume or listen to someone and go, well, that's how it was. Think about it. Think mm. logically how this could have worked out. Yeah. And then, like you said, apart from that, also remember that God is God. Yes. <laughs> in, in, if, he had, if he was able to keep uh, an ark afloat with fa a family on there and all these animals keep them fed, we read in Exodus how mm. he feeds a whole nation with manna and quail. Yes. Miraculously. Absolutely. So what keeps us from logically believing that he can make do that same miracle yeah. on an ark. Um, I mean, you can go beyond that even miraculously, yeah. but I won't go there mm. um, because that'll be my imagination. That yeah. won't be lo logic and truth that the scripture teaches. Absolutely, yeah. So just maybe the landing thing for me yeah. is um, I personally don't feel a tension between science and uh, Christian faith. Mm -mm. Uh, what we should not do is say that the, the Bible itself is a scientific book. Nothing of these stories were ever written to yeah. try and prove things for us. It's a story. I believe it's absolutely true stories. It's historical. So mm. we've got many, many uh, weight of historical evidence that lands scripture in reality. It's yeah. real people. Um, but the book wasn't written to try and answer these questions yeah. for us. Um, so we have to go through it with humility and say, what do we see? What don't we see? Mm. And then come out and say, what do I believe about my God and about who I am? Mm. Yeah, I, I cannot walk away. I said it's the last thing, but we have to mention this as well. Um, I, I think the most dangerous one that we can play around with is the fact that we as humans have evolved from animals. Mm. Um, I think if I allow myself to be an animal, I'll act like an animal. And quite honestly, I think we see a lot of that yeah. in the world. If that is what I think I am, then I'm not called to a higher thing. Mm. Uh, I'm not called to a higher being to represent my God on the face of the earth mm. and to live with eternity in mind. So that's one of those we really have to be careful to say, mm. no, God did create me and you and every human being in the image of the living God mm. as his representatives on this earth. And that calls us to live so much greater lives than what we could otherwise think. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Garth. A really um, insightful answer and really well um, studied, if I can put it that way. Like you said, you've, you've been in these conversations many times and, and just again as a challenge to, to, to go and study the word. If these mm -hmm. things come up, it's good to, to ask and um, go to people who, who might have 
been asked the question a few times. And if you have any other questions that relate to our faith as Christians, please feel free to send them to us. Um, you can send them to me at valdu at thefellowship.co.za or you can drop it in, in a box in the foyer and we would love to, to work through those for you and with you so that you can gain a greater understanding of who God is. So until next time then, bye-bye. Thank you.